Welcome to the Mission North Shore podcast. I got to stand up here because I'm so short I can't see over the, the uh, pulpit. I think every time I talk, I always say, and I'm sorry for that also, that uh, I talk about things that the Lord is working in my life. And this is a challenge for me constantly, and uh, I'm guessing that it's probably a challenge for a lot of people, all right? And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk on the tongue, the power of the tongue, and uh, also kind of a subtitle is the two sides of the tongue, and it's in James chapter 3, the book of James chapter 3. And uh, as you're turning there, I'm going to pray. Lord, we do ask for your blessings this morning. Lord, as we look into your word, I do pray that you would help me to just go through each one of these scriptures and that your spirit would speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, we do thank you for your word and how important it is to our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the James, I don't know how many people are familiar with the book of James. One of my favorite books in the whole Bible. But James is like a really practical book. And what it is, it's encouraging us to live out our faith in practical ways. Okay, so it isn't some kind of way off in, you know, cosmic type of Christianity. Real Christianity is rubber meets the road stuff. A measure of a believer's maturity is our speech. And it's really a big subject. It was it was a little difficult because it's such a large subject in the Bible in many different ways. This, in James, talks about the tongue, but there's all kinds of other words that they use, not just on the tongue. It might be our words, and I'm going to read a bunch from um, Proverbs that talk about our words or our speech. Okay, and uh, this just scratches the surface on this subject here. But I'm thinking that it is one of the more important subjects that we need to deal with is our tongues and our talk. An important exhortation in this book is how we use our tongues. And I know that I have a pretty healthy reputation for being quite a talker. Okay, and I usually say when people, they kind of tell me when I'm going to give the message, they're like, man, hey, I heard you're going to speak on Sunday. And I always tell them, well, I can talk, but I don't know if I speak. And I can just have a tendency to just keep park it there and keep going and going and going. But so obviously this, this uh, message is really important for myself also. Um, do you ever consider that we can sin with our tongues? Maybe that's something that 
comes up and in considering this subject, it made me think about that. That man, this is such a prevalence problem, especially in the church where you think that it wouldn't be, that there's a lot of talk, you know, within the church and even outside of the church, bad talk, right? And I'll go through some of the ones that I could um, kind of think about, the different things that I've, you know, done myself and seen other people do, you know. Do you um, ever consider how our tongues, and maybe this happened, right, can get us in trouble? Maybe you've seen it, or maybe that's been you. And uh, I'll tell you this story, what happened to me. And uh, I don't know how many people know this story. And I don't know, I thought it was funny. But a a couple of years ago, I was watching my two grandkids. And uh, they're a little older, and we had to go to the airport. And I had to drop some stuff off with some people that were going to Tahiti. So it's me, Jedi, and Indy in the car. We drive down to the airport. I park the car. And, and if you know from my other story, Queens Hospital, that I'm like, have, I'm directionally challenged. And if I park the car, I can't remember where I put it. You know, so that's why I got those two grandkids. So I tell Jedi, who's the oldest, and he's really smart. Jedi, remember, it's floor six. Okay, we're parked on six. So just in case, in the next ten minutes, I forget. So we go down the elevator. I meet the people. Everything goes smooth. So... Give them the box, you know, tell them hi, and so on and so forth. Then I'm going back to the elevator. If you can picture this with my two kids. And before we get around the corner where the elevator is, I tell Jedi, hey, when we get in the elevator, press 6. Alrighty? So far, so good. We round the corner, and there's two people. There's a guy and a girl standing there. And... uh um, I don't know how best to put it. You know, maybe you guys can help me. But they're really large people. Probably like at least 300 pounds a piece. I'm serious. So they're standing in the front of the elevator. So I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Plenty room. And uh, the doors open up and we get in. So when we get in, I tell Jedi, but um, a little side note, a little nickname that I have for Jedi is Big Boy. Okay? So, we get in, the doors close, and I'm not thinking. And I tell Jedi, hey, Big Boy, press six. Okay, that guy was standing in front of the numbers. And the moment, I don't know if it, you know, I mean, it's like in a fraction of a second, the moment the last word came out of my mouth, I realized that, oh no, what? What did I just say? You know, kind of like Chris pressing that button and the sound came on. 
You know, it's like the button. Somebody pressed the button and went, oh my gosh. And then we're in the elevator with these two. And whatever. I just kind of stood by them and stood back. I didn't say another word. They, he had, that's the same floor they were going on. And uh, nothing happened. We got out of there really fast. But you know what? You know that our tongues, unintentional that time, but sometimes intentional. Our tongues can get us in trouble. And sometimes the words come out and our brain starts working after. Once the words are out, and I know that we know that, man, you can't get them back in. And whatever damage is going to be done is going to be done. This morning, we're going to look at the power of our tongue. And what I have here in parentheses is the power of your tongue and the two sides of your tongue. Just because sometimes what happens is in any of these messages, it's real easy to see and we're going, well, I hope that my wife is listening. Or hope that my husband is listening. Or hope that so-and-so is listening. Because this is... But you know what? The Word, when we read the Word, it should be like a mirror looking into our own hearts first. Okay? So, this message as we get into it in James, that, you know what? Let's look at our own hearts and search our own hearts uh, on what he's saying about our tongue. So we can use it for good, to build up and encourage, also for bad, to tear down, hurt, and discourage, and sometimes both in the same day. We're going to see that, and I know, you know, man, I live in the same world that you live in, and we might be sometimes all praise the Lord here, and you know what, you jump in a car, and on the way home, I don't know what happens. Something changes. Whatever spirituality that we had here sometimes goes out the window. And words come out that are different from the words that maybe we've been sharing. And an attitude comes out that maybe we didn't have when we were here. Alrighty, so I know that. So let's look in James. And I have here James 3, verses, uh, chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. And the reason for that. Because chapter 3 starts with verse 1, if you noticed, right? And uh, one of the benefits that we have up here as being the speakers is that we can skip over whatever scriptures we want to skip over. So I, I intentionally, you know, my intention was to skip over number 1, but then when I looked at it, I went, oh, okay, number 1 actually is part of the whole thing. And so I'm going to start in number 1, and we'll just talk about that for uh, a second, because I think that it's important. It says, "Not many let not many of you become teachers. Okay, now there's a great scripture to pick on a Sunday morning for me. My brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. Okay, that'll make you want to come up here and, and talk on a Sunday morning, right? And what does that have to do with the tongue? Right, and he goes into that. Uh, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. And I'm going to keep reading, but I'm going to stop on one. And one does have to do with the tongue. 
And as I considered it, it's really important because as teachers, and this is a warning to teachers and leaders, that we need to be careful. And I've noticed this, and I've been guilty of this, that, um, and I have here, that there's a term that sometimes you hear in political circles, and it's called a bully pulpit. And there's a certain amount of, I guess, power a little bit that we might have up here as a teacher or whatever in Sunday school or at a home group. And sometimes the temptation for leaders is to use that power for things other than maybe what the Lord has said. And the Lord really impressed this on my heart this week. That, you know what, whoever stands up here is a representative of the Lord. And the words that come out should be what the Lord lays, what the Lord wants to speak. And it's a high, you know, responsibility. Not always that happens. And sometimes what happens, you remember in the case of Moses, that God said to go and speak to the rock and water is going to come out. But Moses was frustrated with the people. And what did he do? He hit the rock. And he misrepresented God. You know, so first verse for leaders or aspiring leaders. Two, when we're up here, and this was a warning here in verse 1 for all of us, especially myself, that we really need to be careful in what we say because we're conveying not just the words, but we're conveying the heart of God. And I might be frustrated with some situation, but maybe God's not. And I don't want that to come across in any way, at any time. Okay, so one thing that I'm asking you guys is to always pray for the person that's up here. You know, just that their heart would not come out, but the Lord's heart would come out. Alrighty? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9, it says, When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Sometimes the more, and I don't know you, but I'm, I'm just telling you from Butch's point of view, that the longer you talk, the more chance you got of getting yourself in trouble. Abraham Lincoln said, It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt. Really true. Okay, and, and I'm telling you, if, if this subject interests you, read the book of Proverbs. Okay, back in James. Okay, so that one was for the leaders, aspiring leaders. Consider what we say. Verse 2, it says, for, all, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body of, as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they will obey us, 
we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest fire is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives, or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. Pretty heavy subject. It says in verse 2 that we all stumble in many ways. True. But if anyone does not stumble in what they say, they are perfect or spiritually mature. If you don't stumble in what you say. And I was kind of thinking about it this morning. That in, and I don't know that I have it here, but I notice that it's easier to stumble in what we have to say with the people closest to us. We feel a little more of the freedom to speak our mind with the people that are closest to us. And maybe a stranger, you might be on better behavior. So maybe the challenge a lot of times is within our own homes. Maybe on the job, with the people that we are with the most. That's our challenge. Why is it so easy to say something wrong? Intentional or unintentional? And that's what, one of the main things that I kind of thought about over here is that I think, and, and I'm not sure if, if I got this where in my notes, but this is an area that maybe we don't focus on enough in our personal walk with the Lord. That we allow ourselves. That we don't consider our words and our tongue. Oh, we might not be drug addicts. Or we might not be, you know, thieves or some of the heavier stuff. But you know what? Some of those smaller scenes, this scene right here is probably as deadly as anything else. We can do maybe more damage with this area because, and it's most dangerous because we make allowance for it in our lives. Proverbs 21 verse 13 says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. Really true. 
I have here, true or false, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. True or false? Yeah, it's false. But I remember when I was a kid, we said that. Why did you say that? Because you know what? It hurt whatever they said. Now see, you said back, but it really did hurt. And you know what? More when we're adults that somebody's words can be piercing. But in the same way, our words and our comments can be piercing also. We really got to be considerate. Haven't we been hurt by someone else's word to us or about us? And haven't we hurt others with our words? I hope that we can see it and go, man, you know what? And I don't know why that it is. Why is it so clear after? I wish it was more clear before those words came out. And sometimes it's a reaction. I know that, man. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm giving this message. This message is for me. It's a reaction to something that someone said, or a feeling, or something. And the words automatically come out in response to that situation. But it escalates everything. What about being encouraged? Anybody here ever been encouraged by someone else's words? Right? Built up. Maybe you've been down. Mike and I were talking this morning how important it is. And there's a ton of scripture. I'm going to read some at the end about encouraging words. The power of the tongue. Our words can hurt or heal, build up or break down and destroy. I hope that we're in consideration of that. We know that. That those words can go either way. They can be seriously destructive. Or they can be greatly encouraging. Which one do we choose as leaders, as husbands, as wives, parents, kids, singles, with each other? Our words will reflect the depth of our relationship with Christ. Our words will reflect the depth of our relationship with Christ. Verse 3 to 5, it talks about three small things, right? The comparison with bridles on horses. And I can tell you now that I don't know anything about horses, except... And I know that there's a, a bunch of horse people in here. They're a lot bigger than me. So, and I'm afraid Guy is trying to get me to get on a horse from time to time. But I, I have this feeling that the horse knows that the guy that's sitting on him is afraid. So I think that he's going to take me for a ride. Right? But it says here that... The bridles on a horse is, they put it in the mouth, and whosoever the rider turns them where he wants to go. And a horse follows. It says the rudders for ships. And you think about it, a big ship and the, and the little rudder is pretty small to steer a pretty big ship. And also, the third one is forest fires. 
Like a fire starts up, why? And then once in a while you read about some fire in California or something that was started by what? What generally do they say? A little cigarette butt or something tossed out the window. Starts up, it burns like thousands of acres. Right? And he's saying that, look, all these things are small, but what? Something so small as a fire, a little cigarette butt or a little spark has such destructive potential. And an excellent example of a forest fire, because you know what? That thing, when it goes, man, there's like no stopping it. And those guys try to contain it, because you see on the TV where they, they set up like a perimeter, they try to contain that thing. They can't stop it, all right? And sometimes our words, if we consider that, man, it starts a fire that's almost unstoppable. One thing that I noticed with that, and uh, let me toss this out because I think it has a little bit of um, you know, connection with what we're talking about, is that in order to have a forest fire, what do, you, what do you usually have, those fires? Is that some dry grass? Right? And I was thinking that, man, that applies to us because some people that are spiritually dry, it's a little easier for them to catch on fire. Or it's a, it's a little easier for them to start a fire or be the, the thing to get all fired up. Okay, so one of the things is for us to really consider not to be spiritually dry. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Pretty scary scriptures. Using it for bad, angry, and hurtful words and comments, criticism, gossip, complaining, saying something when you shouldn't, or saying something or not saying something when you should. You ever had that happen where maybe you should speak up and you keep quiet? Okay, on the other hand, bragging, boasting. What about manipulating with your words? I'm pretty good at that one. Manipulating. And uh, tossing in there, I'm I thinking about it, and I probably think about stuff too much, but uh, I, I want to toss this in. What about Facebook or Twitter? And I saw this thing on TV about this lady who was a, a principal or something. Uh, no, she wasn't a principal. She was a teacher, and she posted something about the school or something about some, you know, having to do with that on Facebook, she ended up getting fired. Okay, so nowadays, which actually is whatever, the age of communication, you know, there's like so many ways to communicate now, it's insane. But not always good communication goes across those things. Emailing, and I was doing my emailing, and I realized there, or texting, what do you have to do? You ever consider that when, when emailing or texting, and all you do is press send? But once you press send, it's sent. And you, can't, you don't get that thing back. That thing is going. You're going to change your mind a split second after, but sorry. It's going. You know, and think about that. Man, what you write, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, you like write it out and then it's like easy 
send or maybe accident. I didn't mean to press send. Uh, the little arrow went up there and, and I don't know what happened. The thing got sent. You don't get it back. Right? Matthew sent. Well, I'll be talking all morning. Some of my, another funny story about how I sent something and uh, it shouldn't have been sent. But using it for bad or using it for good, encouragement, exhortation, talks about in the Bible. And exhortation is like a strong, right? A strong sort of way, like exhorting somebody. Come on, you guys. What about rebuke? The Scripture in Proverbs says that open rebuke is better than secret love. You know, I've been rebuked before by people that love me. Man, I'm grateful for that. And I need a rebuke every so often. My wife probably rebukes me all the time. And uh, because she loves me. Praise and worship. In our home groups, we talked about worship. Right? So words for good, praise and worship. This morning, Teva's going to get back up here. We're going to have an opportunity to you know, worship with our words. Not bad, but in good way. Giving glory to the Lord. How about sharing the word? How about a word of comfort? I got some good scripture in Proverbs. So it says here that the tongue is a fire. A very world of iniquity in verses 6 to 8. Set in our body as that which defiles our whole body. Sets on fire the course of our life. And is set on fire by hell. In the New Living Translation, it says of those scriptures, and the tongue is a flame of fire. Man, I hope none of us here don't know that already. That our tongue is a flame of fire. Man, it's like a knife. And we use it how we, you know, is in our heart. It is a whole world of wickedness, it says, corrupting the entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell. You ever meet anybody, or you ever had like a, been angry? And kind of like words come out later on, you know, in like a moment of not, you know, being in control. Things come out that you didn't mean to come out. Words that are shared. Does that describe your tongue? Don't overlook it. Take it seriously. Think of what you are saying. Who controls your tongue? You, the devil, or God? Sometimes, I'm telling you, a lot of times it's me that controls my tongue. One of the things, and let me toss this one out there because I forgot. And I wasn't going to share it, but I'll tell you right now. I, uh, Speaking of talking, what about talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah. How many guys talk to themselves? Man. Okay, not in a crazy way. But you're talking to yourself. That's a form of communication. Are you communicating in a good way? Right? The Bible says taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Are you talking trash to yourself about other people or some situation? Alrighty? So, toss that one in the group too. 
Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Man, I love that scripture. I don't always follow it, but I love that scripture. A gentle answer. And in consideration of it, it goes both ways, right? You know what? If somebody speaks harshly to me, and I answer back softly, what does that do? Yeah. That kind of brings it down. Not only with them, but I can tell you, it mainly brings it down for me. If I answer back one step above, it cranks me up also, one step above. And then they might, right? And that thing just escalates. Next thing you know, you're miles away from where you think that you really want it to be. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Verses 9 through 12, it talks about the two-sided tongue, the two sides of our tongue, that with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. I'm guilty of that. You know, when I read this, I went like, Lord, help me. The Lord has to help us. Right? And we'll, we'll look at some of the solutions. James verse, chapter 1, verse 26 he says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not control his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Right? If you think that you're religious, if you think that you're spiritual, but you don't control your tongue, in James it says that your religion is worthless. Right? And one of the gifts of the Spirit is self-control. And maybe, man, all of us need to consider that. So what can we do about it? Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 34, and similar in Matthew 15, verse 18. In Matthew 12, He says, For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. In Matthew 15, he says, But the things that proceed out of the mouth comes from the heart. So really, it's a heart problem. Whatever is in your heart, sooner or later, is going to come out of your mouth. Right? Don't we see all the time on the TV, on some the sports center, or on the regular news, some guy, famous guy, says a knucklehead thing. But he, it didn't just come out. That thing's been inside. And in an unguarded moment, the words come out of the mouth. And it might, some of those guys have ruined their career. Down the tubes. Some of them pastors saying stuff. So it's a heart problem. It's really not the mouth is whatever is in here. Sooner or later comes out. So what do we do? We need, Christ, we need to allow Christ to do what? Change our hearts. Change our hearts. 
The second thing, it's a head problem. What's going on in your thought life? Right? If you're thinking about it, it's going to, and people say, I, I read this thing, when I, uh, not go too long, but somebody came up to John Wesley and said that they thought that their gift was to speak their mind. That was their gift. And John Wesley told this person that I don't think, uh, they were saying that their talent was to speak their mind. And John Wesley told them that I don't think God would mind if you buried that talent. Okay? And God forbid that we're going to be speaking our mind. That's frightening to think. Psalms 19.4, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalms 34.1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. How much better to do that? The third thing is pray for strength and put it into action. James chapter 1 says, But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word that is good for edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech always be seasoned with grace. Well, how much better for us to be an instrument of encouragement and speaking good words. Proverbs 15, 4, A soothing tongue is a tree of life. Proverbs 15.28, the mouth of the righteous ponders how to answer. Proverbs 16, verses 13 and 14, he who speaks right is loved. And the heart of the wise instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Man, there's like, this is a fraction of the scriptures that I had, I just didn't have the time to read them all. And you know what? The Bible has so many words on watching our tongue, what we can do in response. In conclusion, consider our hearts and our words. You know, maybe we need to pray that the Lord would turn the spotlight on us. That Lord, man, if I got something in my heart that one day or another it's going to come out in a bad way. There's any evil, any thoughts that are going on in my head that's going to come out in a bad way. Lord, just turn your light on. Ask the Lord to show us where we need to change. And ask the Lord to give us the strength to change our hearts to take the action, to know what the Word says. Give the Lord control of your tongue and allow Him to change your heart. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You that You are a gracious God.
Lord, you know that we are in the process of becoming more and more like you. Lord, and we know that you didn't have a discouraging word for people. And you always spoke what was right. Lord, we do pray that you would help us to look into our own hearts, our own attitudes, our own thoughts. Lord, if there's anything there that might not be pleasing to you, we do pray that we would deal with it this morning. Lord, that you would bring health to our hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about our ministry here at The Mission, visit us online at www.themissionnorthshore.org. Thanks for listening and God bless.